Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Four and a half minutes after 12, you're listening to SENZ. Mark Watson with you through to four. Telephone number 0800 150 811. The Temper Bed Post text machine 8833. We are taking your calls now between 12 and 1. Looking forward to having your company. After 1 o'clock, we head to Australia. Tennis commentator Drew Lilly. We'll look back over the last two days of the Australian Open and preview some of the big matches that are still to come. Good for 35-year-old. Andy Murray in his comeback, thrilling five-set victory over 13th seed Matteo Berrentini at the Australian Open last night. The big game on the women's side is Great Britain's Raducanu up against the ASB Auckland Classic winner in Coco Goff. We're going to talk with the New Zealand surfing champion who was crowned New Zealand surfing champion at Piha over the weekend and find out a little bit more about him. So looking forward to that indeed. We round about three o'clock. We will talk cricket, the New Zealand team in action against India tonight in the first one day international. But yeah, June June Kennings, the New Zealand surfing champion, round about two o'clock. Uh, all that and a lot more. Just want to mention to Liverpool, of course, this morning, getting up in their third round replay against Wolves to progress through to the next round of the FA Cup. One goal to nil. So well done to my mob, well done to Liverpool Football Club. Oh, look, it is an opportunity for you to have your say. Anything that you may have heard throughout the morning, anything that you may have heard yesterday or that's been on your mind or that you want to bring up, that you want to tell us about, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we sort of sit down and we decide, what should we chat about? What's relevant? What's interesting? What might be some of the talking points? And sometimes we just overlook things. Um, for no good reason, and somebody brings up a point, and we go, wow, really, really good point. Um, and have no problem agreeing to disagree either. Um, yeah, so, hey, we are set to go. We are locked and loaded. We are like a coil spring just waiting to explode out of the blocks. Right, now, so we did sit down. We said, well, hey, look, what are some of the talking points? And for some reason it came up about Nick Kyrgios, who's just pulled out of the Australian Open. And Nick Kyrgios has this sort of um, fly-on-the-wall type series going on on Netflix at the moment. And really what it sums up is that Nick Kyrgios is a flawed genius. And that then 
we found that on the Herald Sun website, which is out of Australia, they had the most top five most hated athletes of the decade. Now, just the decade. They had former Paralympic athlete Oscar Pistorius at one. They had Nick Kerry Oss at two. Aaron Hernandez, NFL player, guilty of murder, ended up taking his own life. David Warner, the cricketer. Sun Yang, Chinese swimmer. Alex Rodriguez, American baseball player, catcher. And Luis Suarez, the cannibal, the biter of football, former Liverpool man. Successful with Barcelona. And I'm sitting there going, okay, last decade perhaps, but really Nick Kyrgios? What has Nick Kyrgios actually done? He throws a tennis racket. He has a crack at some umpires. He loses his rag. But the only one it really affects is Nick Kyrgios. But tennis is better for it. He brings some colour. He's a throwback to the days of John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors, Vetus Gerolitis, the likes of Nastasi. The Brat Pack, the bad boy. Sport needs the villains to have its heroes. So I'm going to ask you the question, what do you think of Nick Kyrgios? Let's be honest, he played an exhibition match on Friday night before the Australian Open on Rod Laver Arena against Novak Djokovic and it sold out in 59 minutes. This guy, like it or not, is box office. So who are your most hated athletes and why and who are the great villains? 0800-150-811 is the number. We would love to get your thoughts on this one. What defines a villain? Why would Kyrgios be number two on this list? How can you be ahead of a murderer? How can you be ahead of a drug cheat? I mean, how can you be ahead of David Warner? I mean, there's always been a bad boy in the Australian cricket team. I think Australia as a nation have always, more so than New Zealand, and maybe, maybe it's just heightened here because we go back to underarm incidents, we go back to some dubious refereeing and umpiring decisions. So when a bad boy appears in Australia, it, we're a little bit more heightened, we're a little bit more sensitive to it. But, and let's be honest, I, 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 I know we've got our Australian owner sitting out here, but when it comes to bad boys... It's not that difficult to find them in Australian sport. Let's be honest. I mean, they put Ned Kelly. He's a national hero, isn't he? Chopper Reed's a national hero. It sort of sums up the psyche a little bit of the Australians at times. But I'd like to know who your bad boys are and why Nick Kyrgios. We need bad boys, don't we? We need colour back in sport. I mean, look at rugby in this country. It's just so damn boring now. Let's talk to the player. Oh, yeah, another boy said, well, it was a game of two halves. Yeah, you know, we had a good chat at halftime and, um, yeah. And so we just came out and, you know, all credit to the forwards. Okay, yeah, thanks for that. Brilliant. Um, and then you talk to the next player. Yeah, no, um, we had a good chat at halftime and, um, yeah, boys came, played really well in that first half. And, um, yeah, credit to their forwards. Um, yeah, no, thanks. And that's about all you get out of them, eh? There's no angst anymore. You know, you need the Jose Mourinho's of this world in football. You create another narrative which creates even more excitement. You know, I, 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 I go back to the days of 
Hewitt, the Australian tennis player, and he had some colour, didn't he? And he didn't endear himself to the Australian public initially. But he was passionate. He was a little bit brash. But everyone loves him now. We love the flawed geniuses. Given, uh, Goran Ivanisevic was another. Finally wins Wimbledon, one of the great moments. Then we had Sampras come along. Serve and volley, boring. Agassi brought a bit of swagger and a bit of colour and more around the commercial side of it, I think. You know, you go back to the great, and in fairness, you know, I've been sort of tongue-in-cheek having a crack at the Aussies, but you do go back to the Dennis Lillies and the Jeff Thompsons. Even the underarm distance, the underarm incident. With the Chapel Brothers, they were rogues, but cricket was never more popular. Kevin Tarmody in Rugby League. Greg Dowling, one of the great punch-ups, iconic moment. Yet I'm sure those two guys catch up now. The phone probably always rings because of that one moment for both of them. Asked to come and speak. Tell us about the tell us about the Tarmody moment. Tell us about the Greg Dowling moment. Um, Oscar Pistorius, interesting one. I um one of probably the few people in this country that's actually met and actually had lunch with the guy. I, I was lucky enough in 2011, well, not, not lucky enough to meet Oscar Pistorius, I shouldn't say it that way, but I, I was very fortunate in 2011 to be given the opportunity to call the IPC Track and Field World Championships. Now, IPC is that governing body that looks after parasport, para-athletics, and they were held here in New Zealand. It was two weeks before the earthquake. It was the last major event held at QE2 Stadium, and Oscar Pistorius was over here. And... Um, I called a number of his races that he competed in, and boy, the 4 by 100 metre relay between South Africa and the United States was a classic. The 100 metres between himself and um, Jerome Singleton in the United States was an absolute beauty as well. But we started talking about, we were just sitting there in the grandstands, just having some lunch, and we started talking about rugby in both countries, and he started out as a rugby player. And to be fair, he, was, he came across as a pretty um, nice guy. Um... And I went to his press conference in London where he competed as an able-bodied athlete, competed as an, amongst the able-bodied athletes at the um, Olympic Games, not the Paralympics. And there was a lot of discussion around the blades and whether there was an unfair advantage or not. And, you know, it was quite well justified. I thought they, the science they brought to the table was fair enough. I think he made the semi-finals. No one quite expected him to go on and murder his girlfriend. And clearly in that moment, any reputation that he had, any legend that he had, he clearly has lost, and it's easy to see why he is amongst those most hated athletes. I think even though O.J. Simpson was found not guilty of murder, I think a lot of people still believe that perhaps he got away with it, and I can understand why people like O.J. Simpson are hated, but they're hated. They've actually been involved or incriminated with some pretty serious crimes. Then you've got the others, the likes of Bill Lambert, absolute rogue for the Detroit Pistons, just a bully, physical and rough. And that was the Detroit style, beating up on the likes of Michael Jordan. Brought some colour, brought some angst, brought something different. And sports always had its grubs. Someone's just texting in, Paul Gallen in Rugby League, that comes from Graham. Someone said, Mark, you're the Nick Kyrgios of New Zealand Broadcasting, entertaining, opinionated and different. Top knot echelon. Must have come from my wife or my mum. My mum texts me in. That's not her number, though. She's the only thing. She's the only one that would ever say something 
that nice about me. Um, anyway, so, hey, um, boys, 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 Karen, jump on here, mate. Jump on here. And if you're more than happy to jump in too, buddy. Um, where do you sit on this one? I mean, what defines hated or what defines controversial? Look, what if for me... Just personally, I, you know, I'm a big football fan, and, and just in recent light, I feel like Cristiano Ronaldo is quite a good one. Who's he was always sort of a villain in the in the status that it was Ronaldo versus Messi, you know, and a lot of the Messi fans thought Ronaldo was too arrogant and, and too cocky for for what he was doing. But going on Piers Morgan, speaking out against his club, doing the things he did, now ditching. Uh, Manchester United and Portugal to go play for Al Nasser in Saudi Arabia. A lot of people could consider CR7 a villain now. Yeah, but it's not nearly as bad as taking sandpaper and rubbing a cricket ball, is it? Well, then what has Nick Kyrgios done? Nothing. You know, that's, that's the argument. That's what we're saying, isn't What's it? He done? So it's, it's, I think. There's there's different sorts of villains, and I think the Ronaldo one is more of a, a, a passion. Yeah, but, but I think in me. 10, 15, 20 years' time, all that will be forgotten, and people will remember the genius of Cristiano Ronaldo. Exactly. Won't they? The I legacy mean, people of like the Aaron Hernandez are going to look at a guy who may have taken too many head knocks, became a little bit crazy with it in the NFL, and did some pretty serious, um, you know, involved in murder, etc. Uh, pretty hard to forgive any of that because all you have to do is think about the victim's parents, and then you can understand Pistorius. I mean, Sun Yang. Um, drug cheats in sport, to me it's fraud. I mean, why isn't Armstrong on here? Why do people still endear themselves to Lance Armstrong? What, because everybody was on it? That makes it okay? Do you think that American athletes are a bit more prone to the protection of this? Because that's, that's what it seems like oh, to me. Reading no. that list, I know it was an Australian list by the, by the uh, Morning Herald, was it? Yeah. But it's just, I feel like there should be a lot more. We talk about the Bonds, we talk about these sorts of athletes that are, are proven cheats, but their, their legacy still holds... Uh, quite still quite to a high value. Do you think that is because of American sport? Well, I always remember, you know, there was a time when I think there was a four by 100 metre relay, and I'm not sure if it was London Olympics, but Chinese girl swims the final leg and might have been the 400 IM anyway, swims the last 100 metres faster than some of the men or one of the legs faster than some of the men. And because she's out of Chinese, automatically labelled a drug cheat. Meanwhile, you get Katie Ledecky at 14 years of age winning four Olympic Games gold medals. And everyone just says, oh, the great Katie Ledecky, the next great American Considered a female. freak, isn't it? Yeah. If you put a Chinese or a Russian name next to her, everybody would have pointed the finger. If, every, if, if you take Chris Froome in the sport of cycling, now he's never been caught for anything, nor was Armstrong. Um, but if you attached a Chinese or a Russian name or an Eastern European name to him with his track record, you'd automatically point the finger. But because he's British or because they're American, because we can identify with them, we tend to think, oh, yeah, but we're righteous and we're upstanding and we don't do those sort of things. And people go to me, oh, yeah, but Armstrong, he was never, you know, oh, but he, he never he never actually got caught. And, you know, I see these athletes at the moment out there doing remarkable things, and I'm so cynical, and I just go, yeah, but he's doping. No, he's not. He's never been caught. My answer to that is, was Al Capone only guilty of tax evasion? Because he wasn't caught for anything else. He wasn't convicted of murder. Was he only guilty of tax evasion? Mm, 0800 150. Biggest villain, some text, great texts coming in. Biggest villain for me is John Ashworth for his despicable stamp on J.P.R. Williams. He looked like Frankenstein monster as he left the field. Yeah, and that hasn't been forgotten either by um, J.P.R. Williams. In fact, John Ashworth, I sent, sent him a bottle of wine. I think J.P.R. Williams said it tasted like vinegar. Uh, surely Mike Tyson should be on most lists. Yeah, Mike Tyson, colourful character, you know, convicted of rape. Uh, really, really tough upbringing. Brutally tough upbringing. No excuse for it, though. But people have endeared themselves to Tyson, haven't they?
it's almost they've wrapped an arm around them and felt a little bit sorry for them. 0800 when we come back we'll bring a few different sort of villainous highlights off the back of our breaks instead of some music because we've got some beauties might even bring a little bit of audio of moi moi that's me that's me Mark I'm talking myself up because nobody else does <laughs> oh, I got a little bit of commentary actually from uh, those track and field world championships in 2011 actually with Oscar Pistorius so hey look jump on the phone somebody kick this bad boy off 0800 150811 or is everybody outside finally finally getting some sun Oscar Pistorius in the outside lane from South Africa and here comes Jerome Singleton of the United States we saw a great Oscar Pistorius on the list of the most hated athletes. Nick Kyrgios is on that list, trying to understand why. Why is Nick Kyrgios on that? What's he done? Throws his toys? I'd have him at number one as one of the great sports entertainers at the moment. One of the great revenue pullers around the world at the moment. Is he really hated? Don't you need the colour? Sport needs it. Or in this culture of do-gooders where we're governed by wokeness, is there just simply no room and a small percentage of people who seem to have the greatest influence in the media are telling us that he's not good for the game? John McEnroe. How many people love John McEnroe? One of the biggest names in sport. One of a number of grand slams. But his reputation probably came because of his fiery temper. Who are your villains and what defines a villain? 0800 Now I know that, I understand too that we've got a, a roundup show also going on around the country. So don't have a lot of the South Island and we've only got a couple of the centres in the North Island, thus probably a little quiet, so probably a really good opportunity to jump on the phones because often there is not an opportunity to get through. But certainly throw some names out. Someone actually talking about Richard Lowe. Didn't get so upset over the Paul Carrozza elbow, but giving Greg Cooper a new cornea. Very grub-like and un Zealand. Yeah, Richard Lowe, look, he was an enforcer in rugby, wasn't he? And you could get away with a little bit more, but no worse than a lot of the South African sides. Remember when, um, was it Becker? Um, I'm just trying to remember the other 1956 that came here. So they brought Kevin Skinner into the All Black front row. Kevin Skinner was Australasian boxing champion. They brought him purely into the All Blacks in the second test to sort out the South African front row. I mean, there's always been grubs in rugby, hasn't there? The dark arts at the bottom of the rug. Ruck. But it's funny how once their time is up, we go back and we tend to romanticise them a little bit, don't we? We tend to, oh, enjoy that guy brought back the buff. He was a hard man, loved him. We need more lows in the sport, you know, and we do. We tend to. Um, and I do think tennis is a better product for Nick Kyrgios. David Warner, 
I don't know. David Warner brings colour to cricket when I think cricket needs some colour. Cricket's in a really precarious situation at the moment. It's struggling to find its romance again. Crowds are down in all forms of it. I think the novelty of T20 is starting to wear off because there's too much of it. There's no legacy associated with it. One day cricket in the 1980s was just the biggest thing on sport. You had the underarm incident, which just set this rivalry between New Zealand and Australia. You had the chapels. Then you had the Allen Borders. And you had some colour. You had Shane Warne come along, who wasn't divisive. He was more just an absolute character. He was colourful. He knew how to just push a few buttons at times, but he did it in a different way. Wasn't done so much through bullying or anger. You had the West Indians who just intimidated teams. The Joel Garners, the Malcolm Marshalls. Every sport has had their great characters at a time when arguably sport was never more popular. So I want to know who your most hated athletes are and your reasons for it and what defines hate. Basketball. Everyone loves Michael Jordan. The bad boy was the big, tall Bill Lambier. But it's funny, when you tell the Michael Jordan story now, part of the legend and part of the aura and part of that narrative are the likes of the Bill Lambiers. They're the supporting cast that add to the legend. And I'm going to play some Bill Lambier highlights for you in a moment. But I remember back in 2015, and I was one of them, and I think, just trying to think who the other was, I was one of them. And I came out and said, look, I don't think the All Blacks are going to win the World Cup in 2015. I think Dan Carter should be dropped. Dan Carter was playing terribly. He came right in the quarterfinal against France, and the rest is history. And people jump on your back and go, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And I go, yeah, but I'm not a coward wise after the fact. I called it, and I got it wrong. But actually... The criticism that he was copying actually ultimately then goes on and enhances the legend of Dan Carter. I'll show the critics. I'll prove them all wrong. You know? Same with Beaver, who works on this station. Much maligned for a lot of his career for that performance. Was it in Hong Kong, Singapore? And he was awful in that test. But it was because of that adversity that him then going from white bait fishing on the Waikato to kicking the penalty at Eden Park created the legend. Now, if he was a good player, not, look, he was a good player, don't get me wrong, he's never been a bad All Black. But, I mean, if he had have come in with a squeaky clean reputation, there wouldn't have been that much to that story. And so you've got to have the angst, you've got to have the negative, you've got to have the bad boys. 0800 150811, someone just texting in, Steve Smith, I don't mind Warner, as he was kind of kind of owned at the vitriol. Yeah, well, I mean, David Warner, is it? I mean, you look at him. He is just that guy, isn't he? He is just 
an antagonist, he's just an instigator, in my opinion. Steve Smith came across as this sort of, yeah, sort of clean cut, I respect the game of cricket, but ultimately ended up bringing the game into disrepute and really was a court cheat. I don't know, is it part of the Australian DNA? (laughs) Can I say that? Can you just not put back in what God left out? Jump on the phone, let us know. Temper text machine, spare lines. Again, we've only got a limited audience in the North Island and those listening to the app. So we'd rather you, me telling you, you tell me. 27 minutes away from one. Lambert and Jordan. Yes, indeed. There are punches thrown. Oakley was coming to the defense of Michael Jordan that time. This all happened down right around the foul line area. Lambert and Jordan uh, definitely landed some shots here. And that created the legend of the physical nature of that particular Detroit Pistons team. It was a different style. Jordan talks about it, having to make the adjustment. But again, adds to the legend of Michael Jordan. And of course, Bill Lambert is still talked about to this day, isn't he? Look at his numbers, look at his stats. But people talk about Bill Lambert. A text has come in, suburb day here in Wellington, sitting on my deck having lunch and looking out onto a calm Cook Strait and no wind. I want to swim the Cook Strait. That is one of my goals in the next few years. People, you can dislike in sports what makes sports interesting. Some are arrogant, too much, for their own good. Uh, another text too that's just come in, um, Brad Haddon. Yeah, always. Brad Haddon got under people's skin, didn't he? He did. He got under people's skin. He was a niggler. And so we didn't have to like him. But I've got a feeling if Haddon had been in the New Zealand team, we would have loved him. He would have had a cult following here. But still, to the point of hating him, I mean, Australians can't help it. Okay? It's an inherent thing. It's a cultural thing. I'm going to lose my job here, aren't I? Because we've got an Australian boss sitting out there at the moment probably listening to this. But it's a New Zealand audience, and I'm playing up to the New Zealand audience. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, let's go to the phones. Hi, Zaid. Hi, one I've got um, that probably a few people will hate is um, Matter War Peace. Yeah, Ron Artest. Yeah, yeah, the basketball player. Yeah. Known for the um, Malice in the Palace brawl. Um, yeah, definitely Luis Suarez, but three players, and that just just shouldn't be happening. Um so, yeah, not the biggest fan of Luis Suarez. And um, I support Chelsea and the obviously uh, Nikola Vanovic that time as well. So Oh, yeah, but he deserved it. That. He deserved it. But, um, <laughs> Just joking, Zay. <laughs> and um, probably John Jones as well, the UFC fighter. You know, he's, um, yeah, yeah, he beat, yeah. beats up his wife a few times. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Like the, the, the cocaine and so. Yeah, there's no yeah. excuse for any of that stuff. Anybody that does that beats up women or does that sort of dumb stuff, mate, I've got zero time yeah. for them. And I know there are a lot. Look, I know a few players that we can't mention because they've got uh, name suppression. Yeah. Um, and why they're given name suppression is beyond me, but they are. And, um, you know, it happens here in New Zealand amongst some of New Zealand's leading athletes as well. No, and uh, yeah, Paul Gallon. <laughs> Yeah, now Paul Gallon, I, I was lucky enough actually years ago to interview Paul Gallon for an hour in studio. He was over here for the Fight for Life, and I've got to say he came across as quite a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I do see... I guess that polarising character yeah. 
I, I do sense a, with certainly with some sports, and you do look at you look at always the stuff that happens off the field in rugby league more so than anybody, and you do wonder. And I'm certainly not laying anyone in particular, but you do wonder how many of these guys would be in jail if they weren't playing professional sport, mate. Because I reckon the sports kept yeah, a lot of these guys on the tracks, and I think a lot of them are borderline to going off the tracks, even with the league. Hey, Zade, lovely to have you on the program. Great, greatly appreciated. Uh, Mark from Christchurch says, don't know about villainous, but Warner certainly number one on the most annoying list. Yeah, but I think we'd love him if he was here. But yeah, I think the Steve Smith one irks me more because he had that sort of squeaky clean little sort of pretty boy look about him. And, you know, the sandpaper on the ball thing, that wasn't the first time they'd done it. That was just the first time they got caught. Let's not kid ourselves there. They didn't just decide in one test to suddenly come out and do that. They've been doing it for a long time. A big game for football ferns, FIFA Women's World Cup friendly warm-up against the world champions USA tonight, Sky Stadium in Wellington. Yeah, no, good luck to the football ferns. What are they expecting? A crowd of around about 10,000. This will be a really good gauge on just where this New Zealand women's team's at. I've watched a lot of the football ferns and they just lack a midfield. Just lack a quality midfield. But that seems to run right through all of New Zealand teams. You know, I think part of it is growing up in this country playing in the mud with better grounds now, better drainage, more artificial turfs. Hopefully in time the next generation actually learn to be comfortable on the ball. And I think that's the thing I notice with New Zealand football teams is we're just not that comfortable. We're just not that comfortable with the ball at our feet. We just don't seem to have that time. 20 minutes away from one, you listen to SENZ. Oh dear, oh. Oh dear, dear, dear. Let's have another look. It looks to me, dare I say it, that he's had a little bite at Chiellini. Surely not again. Yes, uh, Luis Suarez, the great football biter. I think three occasions he's been picked up for biting people. I'm not sure why you want to bite somebody. We saw Mike Tyson... Um, Back in the day, didn't we? Um, involved uh, in a little bit of a biting incident, arguably the most famous biting incident. Tyson, colourful character. But for some reason, I think people have adopted him as a lovable rogue, even though he was convicted of rape. I think there's a lot of narrative that some people have bought into that perhaps he wasn't guilty of that and that. You know, there was some sort of miscarriage of justice, but the reality is he was found guilty of it, and therefore you have to say that he was guilty of it. Um, yeah, Vander Holyfield. We might even bring you some audio of that shortly. Uh, but we've got Scott on the phone. Hi, Scott. Thanks for waiting. No worries. What are, how are you going? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, oh, oh. You know, as been said, quite a few of the Australian cricket team, it's, it's hard not to put nearly all of them in there, to be totally honest. Oh, I agree um, with you 100%. But, you know, it's just, just, you know, it's just how they become when they get in that team for some reason. And um, out of, obviously, Haddon and Warner and Smith that have already been mostly said, I'll definitely chuck Stark in there as well. Um, well, it seems know, just, you, you, look at, you look at Mitchell Stark, you look at his figures and his bowling averages pre-Sandpaper Gate, and then look post yep. sandpaper gate and ask yourself if that sandpaper gate was a one-off or it had been going on for a long time. And I think the statistics would suggest that 
um, that wasn't the first time they'd done it. It was just the first time they were caught. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're going to keep doing it till you get caught. That's, that's the whole issue. And um, as you say, his, his stats weren't quite as good afterwards as they were before that. Um, mm. So I'll definitely add him in. Um, from a rugby league side of thing, Willie Mason and Greg Bird. Uh, definitely those <laughs> Brilliant. Two. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> um, no, no, and um, I'm, I'm going to chuck in just, just to end it with a, a couple more Liverpool players just for you, uh, Carragher, Gerrard and uh, Fowler. What, you want to anoint them saints? <laughs> no, no. Be, be, being an Evertonian for, for my oh, troubles, okay. you know. Okay, um, yeah. Ha, 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 how's, um, how's the championship looking <laughs> for next year? Oh, we're definitely going to have a great stadium in the championship. I can send you. I can. I can yeah, I can, you've got a new stadium. You're going to be in the championship. I can send you a map of where all those teams that you're going to be playing are. Uh, it's no. It's, I'll admit it's just been a bloody disaster this this or for the last few seasons. To be yeah, honest, look, uh, and, and it's it's, it's not a it's shocking. it's not a coaching issue, is it? It's board level at Everton, and if you keep changing the coaches, then you're not actually addressing the underlying issue. No, no, and, and I mean it's you know the fa- uh, the board's just trying to divide yeah. the fans even more at the moment, and um, you know I'm Frank Lampard. He's not the best best manager or anything, but it, he's been on a hiding to nothing from the start, yeah. unfortunately for him. And um, you know we, we're going to have no money to spend once again as well, and uh, all these dodgy rumours about headlocks and and uh, um, board members being spat at and everything, which. Uh, have been come out to say that they're, they're not actually entirely true and, and the board saying that they're advised by the police not to, to be at the ground, which uh, wasn't actually true either. Yeah, no, interesting, because I remember always watching, was it Everton, you won the first division, what, 1985, was it? Um, 84, 85? 85 and 87, yeah. 85, FA Cup derbies with Liverpool. I remember when Everton came out of here and played Auckland, I remember going and watching that. I think that was about 1989. In fact, I travelled out to their hotel and I still have the programme signed by most of the Everton team. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's 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 you know it, it's well you know being an Evertonian, it's un, it's unfortunate and it's, it is absolutely frustrating. I can't say what I really want to say on the radio, but um, no. But know, you know it, you know what I like about you know what I like about you, Scott. You sound like you're a true diehard Everton fan. You live it, you breathe it, you wear it. You go through the highs and the lows. You're not one of these populists that just jumps teams. You are doing it tough at the moment. See, the Premier League just wouldn't be the same if we suddenly lost West Ham and we suddenly lost Everton. See, I could do with I, I can handle the Premier League without a Fulham. Um, I can handle the Premier League without a Brentford, but not the great clubs. No, no, and it's just yeah, no, it. Uh, there's no simple fix to it, unfortunately, at the moment either. Um, uh, apart from the board going. Mm. Um, and basically starting again, but you know, uh, unfortunately, I mean, the only positive is, is we're not cut adrift at the moment. We're we're still mm. sitting right in there. Mm. So somehow, if we can get a couple of run uh, games together, we can uh, possibly pull away. But it is going to be tough, unfortunately. It's amazing how much animosity there is from Everton towards Liverpool. Though I saw an interview with Peter Reid, and he just can't stand Liverpool. Yeah, no. No, oh, my my, da- my dad's an Evertonian. That's where it all comes from, and and I've spent time over there in that as well. And um, yeah, I, I'd never use the word hate or anything because no, no, you no, know no. I, I love my sport, and yeah. I'd never I never hate anyone for sport. Yeah, you yeah. just got that dislike at the end of the day, yeah. and um, well, but you the, know, yeah, you want to be you want the. I, I mean, I know Liverpool supporters. You, you guys will still want the derby at the end of the day. Yeah, you don't want to miss out on that derby. No, you don't. And I say that you've got to have those things. But that's what New Zealand sport lacks now. We don't have that tribal. And we don't have that angst, and we need the angst. You need the narratives. You need the rivalries. You know, for sport, 
you've got to have your villains, you've got to have your heroes. That's what we want. That's what we, that brings the level of engagement. And, uh, you know, the Merseyside derby is one of the great occasions. The North London derby we had over the weekend, one of the great occasions. The Manchester derbies. That's what sports, that's what football's all about. And it won't be the same. And I do hope Everton can stay up, Scott. Hey, lovely to have you on the program. Thank you. Greatly appreciated for the call. And thank you for waiting. Nine minutes away from one o'clock. You're listening to SENZ. Yeah, famous moment there, Mike Tyson biting the ear of Vander Holyfield. Didn't just bite it, took a chunk out of it. But it's funny, because of those rogue moments, they become iconic moments. You go back and you look at McEnroe and some of the dummy spits that he had. Um, You go back, you look at Ben Johnson in the 100 metres in 1988, arguably the unlucky one to get caught. But they are iconic moments. They're famous moments in history, aren't they? And so without the rogues, maybe the world doesn't go around. Maybe the world's not quite as interesting. Unless, of course, you're on the other side of it. And clearly there is a line. I don't mean interesting in terms of murdering people, as in the case of Oscar Pistorius. Um, This is a nice text, and this is, I think, probably sums it up. A list confuses villain athletes who you love to hate, but will play at the entry gate to see, and people who are poor human beings because the bad choices they made. Yeah. So I think you've got I think that's right. There are those sporting villains and then there are those genuine people who I think you have every reason to dislike, not to watch, and always have a black mark next to their name for the poor choices they have made in life. Uh, Paul saying (laughs) Mitchell Johnson uh, was a proper bellend as well. (laughs) Uh, That comes from Paul. Um, Okay, one of our own, Zach Guilford. Zach Guilford, flawed genius. Um, clearly, yeah, got a few ghosts there, a few skeletons in the closet. I think this is a really good one, one of the great villains, but part of the reason I think the America's Cup became so popular here. And I talk about it, to have heroes, you've got to have villains. And of course, the great Dennis Connor, a villain who became a likeable rogue, who became an elder statesman. And isn't it that way? It's a bit like when you break up in a long-term relationship, it goes from, you sort of go from hate to sort of forgiveness to friends to eventually reflecting on the good times is that what happens with athletes we hate them then they sort of become the lovable rogues and in a funny strange kind of way later on we almost sort of miss them we miss the colour we miss the personality we miss the rivalry that they did bring we're going to talk some tennis after one o'clock Drew Lilly at the Australian Tennis Open new sport and weather up next